Stand by to receive our transmission. Where are you boys from in the world? Alabama, sir. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to the Bama Geeks Podcast. We are four friends diving into our favorite pop culture topics with a dash of Southern charm. Right, we have the tools. We have the talent. It's Miller time. Whoa, this is heavy. Pizza dude's got 30 seconds. Wait, what? Crazy? You didn't say I was crazy. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. You want something done? You've got to do it yourself. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes! So grab your biscuits and gravy, a glass of sweet tea, and enjoy the nerdy hospitality of Brock and Jessica Parker, Bo Bearden, and Kevin Gardner. This is the way. This is the way. Hey there, welcome to episode 8 of the Bama Geeks podcast. How are you doing? We are fine. I'm Brock Parker. And I've got my friends, my family. I'm going to not prompt anything this time. So go for it. Hey, everybody. It's Jessica. Hey, it's Kevin. And some reason why they let me back, it's Bo. <laughs> we always let you back, man. <laughs> one of us. One of us. You are one of us. No matter what I've done, right? That's right. right. And you know what you did. It's either a punishment or a blessing. Yes. Your choice. <laughs> We are absolutely thrilled to be back with you. Boy, howdy. We uh, we went from one bad movie on the last episode, The Peanut Butter Solution, to another bad movie, but good in a much different way. We're going to talk about <laughs> Mac and Me. Kevin was finally able to convince me to watch this thing, and boy, we got thoughts. We got a <laughs> lot of thoughts, and it's, it's not going to be a, a full movie review like we did with Peanut Butter Solution. It's just going to be touching highlights on this movie. Some that, that got me pretty good. Uh, I was not expecting a lot of that movie. <laughs> but we're going to save the spoilers to the end of the podcast. We're going to talk about the last couple of episodes of Loki, episodes three and four. No, two and three. Two, two and three. three. Because, yeah, old brain. Yeah, love it. <laughs> so we're going to save Loki to the end. We're going to talk about Mac and me before that, and we're going to talk about uh, Magic City Con happened over the Father's Day weekend, and we got some news today from Dragon Con, so we're going to touch on all that. So we'll start off with uh, Magic City Con. Bo had to work. Jess and I just had a time crunch on Father's Day weekend, so we were not able to go, but Kevin did go. How was it? You know, Magic City Con this year was, you know, as, as you would expect from post-COVID was a bit smaller than in previous years, but the magic was still there, pun intended. It was absolutely awesome. The, the, the If you've been to Magic City Con in Birmingham, it was set up very similarly to how it's been in previous years where you had a lot of the fan tables downstairs in the hotel, and then you would you have to have a pass to go upstairs to the vendor area and where they're doing all of the panels and things like that. It was alive. It was it was really nice. The way that they had things set up, uh, it flowed really well. It didn't seem like it was too incredibly crowded. Um, there, the the vendor area was pretty darn good this year. Um, I really enjoyed it. I didn't get to stay there as long as I'd wanted to. Um, I only went on Saturday, but I did get to peruse around the Galleria as I always do. I only this usually 
tends to be the only time I ever go to the Galleria as, as part of a convention. And <laughs> I just wanted to go on a tangent just for a second, guys. There is this magical store that I didn't even know existed. It's called Box Lunch. And that name makes no sense until you realize what their goal is as a store and, and how they're their charitable efforts and stuff. But, you know, knowing me, I'm a big Star Wars fan. And my girlfriend takes me there and she's like, we need to go to Box Lunch. And I go, well, okay, what is it? And I get in there and, and I'm looking to see an anime and then I zero in on this table back there. Nothing but Star Wars stuff. I zero in on a gentle giant figure of Baby Yoda. It's the it's the figure of Baby Yoda sitting there with his judgmental little face with uh-huh. the little suit that he's. I'm like, all right, you know, you you know, I'm not going to leave the store without buying this. And so, he looks up, longing at you with those big yeah. baby eyes. Yeah. So you know, once I so just once I made the the rounds and bought all the stuff that I needed to buy at the vendor room at Magic <laughs> City Con, and and by the way, Magic City Con guys, thanks, that was phenomenal. I walked away with a gentle giant baby Yoda. Nice. It was definitely a very good day, even if I didn't get uh, the chance to spend as much time at Magic City Con this year as I'd have wanted to. Everyone there seemed to be in really good spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed to uh, be ran very, very well this year. And I really enjoyed it. That's good to hear. Yeah. I, I really hate that, you know, we couldn't attend this year, but it just the that the weekend is in allow for it with us with the schedule. So. And the the only other thing I wanted to add was um, they seem to be very successfully um, enforcing a mask mandate. You know, even though it's not been very long since COVID restrictions started to lift, it kind of feels like already that it's been years ago mm-hmm. in my mind because it, it, we tend to forget that stuff real fast. So get, going back into an atmosphere where it was the restriction was still there and seeing people that were, for the most part, not fighting it and were, you know, Seeing people that had costumes that they had, you know, gotten mm-hmm. a themed mask to go yeah. on there, like, you know, so there'd be like teeth and things like that. That was really cool. That was the first time that I had actually seen anybody do costumes and incorporate the mask stuff to it. And a lot of it was really cute. It was really, really cute. So, yeah, good. I did notice that from the pictures that I'd seen them being posted on their Facebook mm-hmm. page over the weekend. Oh, people were doing that. So, yeah. It really, really good job, uh, Magic City Con. Um, I, I really look forward to it next year. That was awesome. Well, hopefully we'll be back in attendance next year. The weekend will allow for us to be there. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be great not to have it on Father's Day weekend. That really tossed a wrench into our plans. Or Bo's work weekend. Yeah. But, you know. Well, see, though, see, I swear, <laughs> I swear all the convention planning committees decide. See, I work rotating weekends. That's, so... You know, that's one of the things I think all the convention planners are like, hey, we're going to do we're going to find Bo's schedule and every weekend he works. That's when we're going to have conventions (laughs) and I have vacation, but I have to manage it out, too. So, you know, (laughs) yeah, lots of other personal priorities. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got a family, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad it was successful. I'm glad it it went really well. We really miss seeing everybody. And hopefully, Mm -hmm. like Jess said, we'll be back next year and uh, hopefully Everything's going to be straightened out where maybe they won't have to have a mask mandate. Maybe everybody will be a lot healthier and mm-hmm. and good to go. And and we're going to bring up Dragon Con. They held a town hall. We're recording this on Sunday. And they held a, a town hall today, kind of a, an update on how things are going for Dragon Con. And, of course, 
a lot of people had a lot of questions. I, I watched the live stream for it. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. A lot of people had questions about masks and stuff. And they're like, you know what? We're not going to put the cart before the horse because there's still a, a ways to go before Dragon Con. Still got a couple of months ahead. And they've got to see what the city of Atlanta, state of Georgia, what all they're going to do. Dragon Con did announce there will be an attendance cap this year. What that attendance cap is, we don't know. They didn't give a hard number. They said they're, they are going to limit the number of people. Uh, anybody who bought a pass last year, like I had already bought mine and it got rolled over to, to this year. So I'm okay. Jess is okay. We bought her pass today as a precaution because once they announced that that attendance cap was going to happen, I started seeing on the website to buy the, the pass that it, all of a sudden the little thing popped up, hey, limited quantities available. It's like, oh, so we had to buy hers today so we can make sure that yeah. that she was going to be able to go. Because if she couldn't go, I'm not going. You know, I, I don't go anywhere without her. Oh, and, thanks. Uh, you know. Ain't that sweet? Um, so nice of you. <laughs> it's like You're me. still riding in the trunk, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, she's got plenty of room back there. She can put a couch in a TV. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, don't know what the attendance cap is going to be. They did not give a number. They just said, we know we're limiting it. And they I don't know if they're going to have day passes. Day passes are not for sale on the Dragon Con website like they normally are. And they said they they don't know about their mask policies. They're waiting to see, like I said, mm. what the city of Atlanta. I have not done any research on this, so take this with a grain of salt. I have not verified it, but somebody, so, several people in the in that uh, in the town hall chat were, were talking about how the city of Atlanta has just okayed it for groups of at least fifty thousand to be in an area. In 2019, Dragon Con was more than 80,000 people. Mm -hmm. When I started going back in 2009, it was only about 25, 26,000. So it's grown. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, don't know what the attendance cap is going to be. Don't know what a mask mandate is going to be. Don't don't really know what anything is going to be as far as. I, I know they said passes will probably be still be picked up in the Sheraton. That's. Yeah, that's really all I know at the moment. Uh, if I had to guess with that, they would probably do like like pick up in blocks or something. You know what I mean? Like uh, you know, and, and and they did mention they I do now remember that they did say you know instead of waiting in line to to get into the Sheraton to buy your pass that day, they were going to open up all the registration booths and try to stagger people going in to pick up their passes. Uh -huh. So that could be that could be one thing they do. But they said they're still working on that. They just know for sure they're going to have an attendance cap, which I'm not going to lie. I don't mind that because yeah. in 2019, yeah. man, it's just Dragon Con's growing. And I never want to deny anybody the possibility to get to go to Dragon Con because it's, it's incredibly awesome. Mm -hmm. But I would not mind seeing that crowd shrink personally. It's yeah. just, it's a pain in the rear end to get around some places. And I know it's not as many people as would be at San Diego Comic-Con or anything, but, you know, it, it'd be nice to kind of shrink those numbers back yeah. down and have a little bit more room to move. Yeah. But I'd be, I'd be willing to bet that anything they can do to mitigate having people, a lot of people in one area, like um, registration, for example, if they had everybody 
ganging up on, on registration all at once. If they didn't organize that, that's uh, that is a possibility that that could potentially help the spread of COVID. And I know they're probably going to be trying their darndest to mitigate that. Mm-hmm. Well, mask mandate or not, I'm carrying mine and we'll wear it because that's a yeah. lot of people. Mm-hmm. I'm, willing, I'm willing to bet people are going to have their mask like the postcard. I'm already calling it. Oh, that would be. <laughs> wow. I didn't think about that. That would be, if we could pull that off, that would that'd that be would a be great fun. Dragon Con mask. I know for PKE Surge, yeah. which is our annual Ghostbusters kind of small Ghostbusters con within the con mm-hmm. that we always do at Dragon Con. I know our face masks we're going to have available through the Alabama Ghostbusters store. Our our PKE Surge shirts and things like that are have been available mm-hmm. through the Alabama Ghostbusters store just you know for the ease and convenience of people for years. And the question was brought up the other day in our PKE Surge planning group, hey, can we put the logo on face masks? There's always a, a PKE Surge logo that Jake Walsh mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. And the answer is, yeah. So if you want a face mask, you can buy one off the Alabama Ghostbuster store. Once we have the logo, we'll get it uploaded. You can buy your face mask and PKE Surge shirts there. Yeah. Why have I not seen anybody do a face mask with like a QR code that when you like just randomly scan it, it takes you and like it rolls you or something? Ooh. Take it to a picture of the person's face so you know what they look like. <laughs> yeah. That I just gave somebody an idea. <laughs> There's just so many unknown things still, even though, you know, Georgia's wide open, Alabama's wide open you know, a new variant that's going around. So we don't know what it's going to look like and they're taking the same precautions and, you know, we'll, we'll see how it's going to go, but yeah, as of now an attendance cap for dragon con. So, and I did not see day passes, individual day passes for sale right now. It's only the weekend pass and the eternal membership. If you're thinking about going to dragon con, I wouldn't wait, go ahead and grab your passes now because that announcement today. And then all of a sudden that popped up on their website, you know, limited quantity available. Uh, Dragon Con may sell out this year. Which is interesting. Well, I mean, like, even like though for people who do weekend passes, if everybody rolled over and got their weekend passes last year, already mm-hmm. got them, you know, that that's a big chunk of that. So I'm curious what they're going to do there. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they said they took that into account, into the numbers that they're looking at, you know, whatever those numbers are. Yeah. Brock, did they announce any other um, restrictions? I know, I think uh, in our pre-talk, you mentioned... Uh, Fan tables, no fan tables. Yeah, right. no, no fan tables. You know, the Ghostbusters, we've always got a fan table for PKA Surge uh, up in the Hilton. And it's it's a very heavily visited area. It's right near where everybody goes outside to get on the steps to take the photos. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot of traffic, but they said this year, no fan tables. So Ron Daniels is, is confident this year that he will not have to sit at the fan table the majority of the time. I, I think that's a given. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, which it, it takes, you know, out. we've got, uh, for the Ghostbusters people, we've got a little area down on the bottom floor of the Hyatt that we call home turf. It's, it's right next to the escalators, and that's where we go and sit and people watch and mm-hmm. visit and have a good time. A lot of times they're... Uh, the other meeting places at the fan table, a lot of people gathered there and that's just not going to happen. There's some doubts now about the parade because of the crowd control. So we don't know. Yeah. Dragon Con will keep us updated and we look forward to hearing more, but I know that I've got my pass. Jess has hers. Bo, you got yours. Bo's I got sure it. do. All right. 
Kevin maybe next year? Or are you going to try this yes. year? Or? I, I'm still up in the air. If, if it sells out, then I'm, honestly, I won't feel that bad. I, I kind of, j- just as in year, the same as in years past, I've, I live vicariously through you guys and your experiences um, with DragonCon. I would like to go back um, here soon, but if I miss out on it this year because of restrictions, mm-hmm. that's okay. I'll yeah. go next year. Yeah. I'd be really curious to see your experience because you haven't been in how long has it been since you've been to it? Uh, 12, 13 years. Wow. Oh, wow. So yeah. it would be like, yeah, it'd be a completely different experience. I mean, I'm sure, yeah. you know, this cord still be the same, but. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't been since I've been going and I've been going since 09. Yeah. Now we just like to make the comment that they may take our fan table, but they can't take our home turf. Exactly. Well, I like that. We hope they can't. Yeah, if it's to say, don't say that, because they'll rope it off or something. <laughs> We've already told them where we're going to be. <laughs> They're listening. Those pesky Ghostbusters guys. I mean, they, did, did they cover how they were going to do the guest type thing? Because I know, you know, normally the guest is in that large ballroom of the Marriott. I'm sure they may change it to a larger open area venue to do it. Now, I didn't catch the entire town hall. I don't know if they touched mm-hmm. on that to begin mm-hmm. with. But they, I don't know if you've noticed on their social media, they have been. Uh, announcing guests like crazy, yeah. Uh, the last couple of days, and they yeah. did it. They did announce during the uh, the uh, the live stream today that Zachary Levi is going to be back, mm-hmm. and Asher Austin is that his name is going to be in Shazam too? I think I, I know his first name is Asher, mm-hmm. but he, he he's tied in with Shazam. Okay, Asher Angel, Asher Angel. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be there. Those are the two guest announcements, and they said they've got about 30 more guest announcements they're going to make. Oh, okay. Well, they've already guaranteed. I haven't been to a panel in a couple of years, but since they've announced basically the voice acting group of the Animaniacs, mm-hmm. that's one guaranteed one panel I'm going to. Yeah, yeah. Maurice LaMarche is going to be there. and I, Maurice, Rob Paulson, mm-hmm. Jess Hartnell, and uh, uh, Tress McNeil. McNeil. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's like that's guaranteed one panel I have to go to now. Mm-hmm. And we have at least one more season guaranteed of Animaniacs, right? I believe so. Because it says in the intro, like it's got the death comes up and it's got written in there, like guaranteed contracted for two seasons or something. Yep. So the, the Hulu series. Yeah. Yeah. The Hulu series. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to get something else signed by Maurice as Egon, because the only thing I've gotten signed by him was the uh, uh, when Mattel came out with those Mego style uh, RGB dolls. I've got okay. that signed, but I don't. I don't know where it's in storage somewhere, and I hope it's not think, damaged. I'm thinking about picking up another one of these Kenner Classic re, uh, the re, Hasbro re-releases and get a Egon of that signed. That's a good idea. That's I good. Grab that, yeah, too. that would be a good one. Right now, the only guest that's caught my uh, eye is uh, Ross Marquand. Uh, he plays Aaron Walking Dead. He was also Red Skull and uh, Endgame. So I kind of kicked myself for not taking the opportunity to meet Ross when we went to Walker Stalker that year. So. Hopefully I can make that happen at Dragon Con. But we'll see what the other guest announcements are going to be and who's going to be who's still yet to come. I may go see Zachary Levi because Shazam yeah. was just too good of a movie. Sure, yes, yeah. yes. That Shazam was fantastic. Was really good. He did a great job. So I may go mm-hmm. meet him. Well, anything else Dragon Con related we want to talk about? We'll try to keep you guys posted and let you know what's happening in that world. Is you know, granted, we only come out every two weeks with an episode, so you may find out something. You know, we're just going to rehash it for you, know, more than likely. All right. Well, I don't guess there is, so we'll move on to uh, <laughs> we'll move on to Mac and me. But before we do, since we've got you with us right now, and before we lose you, before a 
you know, another discussion about a bad but hilariously bad movie. And uh, spoilers, we want to go ahead and tell you our social media channels, which is at Bama Geeks on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Make sure you hit us up there. Give us a follow and join in the discussion. We've got several interactions after that last episode, uh, the <laughs> peanut butter solution. <laughs> we, uh, our, our good friends, Kevin Brooks and, and Brian Bates, uh, we did not know that the peanut butter solution was going to just light a fire in them. <laughs> and they have responded with memes and discussions, mm -hmm. and they apparently really like that movie. <laughs> And when this came about, I made the comment to y'all that it really didn't surprise me at all that Kevin Brooks holds this movie near and dear to his heart. <laughs> no. Yeah, I didn't know anybody would. I guess I watched it after we discussed it afterwards. Like I said, it's 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 something like it is really something. Yeah, <laughs> that's the nicest thing you can say about it. Probably. <laughs> so, so Kevin and Brian, we're so happy that we could uh, rejuvenate that love and, yeah. and bring it back to you, man. <laughs> and I have a feeling after this, there's going to be some more Mac and me memes. <laughs> but oh, so, yeah. That's yeah. so definitely jump on the socials and, and, and join in the conversation. We, we've really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. Enjoyed that interaction and seeing that people actually like that stupid movie. But at Bama Geeks on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you can find Bama Geeks uh, on YouTube. The the audio version of this podcast is on there. And you can also find us at BamaGeeks.live. That is the repository for all of the episodes. And if you don't mind, head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. We certainly would appreciate it. We've gotten a good review and some some five stars. And we certainly appreciate that. Anything to help us grow. And our audience uh, is doing very well every week or every two weeks that we release this. And so we thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. Thank you very much. So Mac and me. <laughs> Kevin uh, has been after me to watch this movie. I think I'm the only one who had not seen it before. And then, of course, Paul Rudd mm -hmm. uh, has made nine appearances on Conan O'Brien where he has been promoting other projects and then shows a certain clip, the same clip apparently mm -hmm. <laughs> um, every time to prank Conan where Eric is the kid's name, you mm -hmm. know, is in the wheelchair and goes flying off a cliff into a lake. <laughs> and then you see the alien Mac pop up, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, a matter of fact, this past week was Conan's last week doing late night, and Paul Rudd showed up on there and showed that dadgum clip again. Yep. Before I had a chance to watch Mac and Me. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> thankfully, that clip is near the beginning of the movie, so it didn't ruin anything for me. But, guys, um, Mac and Me. Mm-hmm. Mac and Me. My first comment out of the gate is I'm assuming that all the music they used in this movie, the score was rejected audio was rejected score from back to the future because <laughs> wow. I never considered that. Dang, Alan yeah. Silvestri did the score. And I'm like, this movie was made in 1988. Mm -hmm. Back to the future was in 85. So I'm guessing whatever Alan didn't use for back to the future, he just stuck in Mac and me because that is the most back to the future score I've heard out of any movie. Yes. 
Oh, that's brilliant. I that's pretty that. accurate. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I, I'm, I'm, we're not doing a full movie review on this. We're, I'm, just, I'm going to touch. You guys touch on what you want to touch on this. Okay. And here is, here's the other thing that I noticed towards the beginning of the movie. The kids are all the kids and the mom. The mom is a discount Uma Thurman, and she just is. She she looks like yes. Uma Thurman, but not. So they're they're moving cross country from Chicago. And you can tell that they move cross country from Chicago because there are so many Chicago bears. Uh, I don't I don't know about the Bulls, but the Bears, the bears and yeah. the Cubs mm-hmm. are two very highly represented sports teams in this movie. They make it a point to tell you we're from Illinois, we're from Chicago. <laughs> so anyway, they're unpacking all this stuff in their rooms as they move from Chicago to California. They're unpacking all this stuff, and it turns out there's. There's a box. Eric, the, the main kid, is, is in a wheelchair. Well, he's sitting there. And next to him, as he's unpacking his room, I notice this box, like a playset or something. I didn't know it was a toy playset. For some reason, I thought it was a laser tag <laughs> box. <laughs> and I thought that was inappropriate. Just because I totally was- paused the movie right there <laughs> and I had to walk away for a few minutes and I'm- then I came back and decided to finish watching. <laughs> <laughs> I just I thought that was going to be mean if they were going to make the main kid, you know, put him in a wheelchair and then give him a laser tag playset. That was not fair to me. That is pretty messed up. <laughs> but it turns out, I think it was a Brave Star, the old action figures Brave Star. I think it was a playset box for that. So I think I was just, it, we watched it late Friday night and I was just probably delirious. What if they were trying to tell us that the laser tag was how he got his injuries and that's why he was in the wheelchair? <laughs> I don't know. You just made Mac and me take a dark origin story. <laughs> that's the sequel. A laser tag accident. Gone bad. The unreleased sequel. Uh, maybe he's playing laser tag when he rolled down that hill and fell into the lake. I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hey, anyway. So, uh, hey, Brock, yeah. w- uh, for anyone that happens to be listening that doesn't know what Mac and me is. Yeah. Yeah. We, you we are very fresh. Yeah. Can you give us give us a description of the movie. Let us let, let us know what it is. OK. The, and like I said, not a full review, but the movie starts out uh, a NASA lunar lander type object lands on this planet and there's this family of four aliens who's a can't walk they look like bobbleheads when they walk <laughs> that the father of the group especially i don't know what his gig is but the the man looks like uh you know when when in who framed roger rabbit when judge doom gets run over oh, by the steamroller yes, all wiggly and yeah, stuff and he yeah. pops up and before he, he gets mm-hmm. to the helium tank and blows himself back up to walk normal he's like wobble, 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 mm-hmm. you know making those sounds well, like the wobble wobble sounds yeah that's what these aliens look like when they walk okay but but if you describe the way the aliens look they have kind of oh you remember from star wars you remember the aliens that played the instruments that mm-hmm. had like the little had the, the little suction butt faces yeah there you go yeah. like, there you go that they had that mouth so yeah. So in the times that I've watched Mac and me, I just assumed that the reason they walked that way was because they were just like constantly high on space weed or something. But the thing is, is how do they breathe? Because there was no, <laughs> yeah, that's their mouth. But if you, several times you look in the shots, that mouth is solid on the inside. Uh-huh. How are they eating? Like at one point he's eating Skittles. How does he eat the Skittles? How do they drink the Coke? By the way, 
We'll get to the product placement. I just mentioned two things. <laughs> but how are they ingesting food and drink? Because they're, I mean, even when they, when they first discovered on the planet, the dad sticks a straw into the dirt. I guess that's how they drink water. But then he looks up and they're, the inside of the mouth is solid. I don't understand. You're not supposed to notice that, Bronk. Yeah. Uh, this is Mr. Detail right here. Okay. This is- yeah. Yeah, being in the in the Air Force, I they drilled into me detail, 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 and so I noticed these things. It, it's it's a skin flap that covers the inside of their mouth. Does that make you happy now? It works like the like uh, when you're pumping gas, the little lever, I guess. But you know that. But you it's know, a great visual. That makes sense. It makes perfect sense because they communicate with each other by whistling. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, so it could be like a little air flap there that they whistle through, <laughs> it, which brings me to another point that I had in this movie. And, and I'm going to jump ahead just a, a quick second. You know, when they when they get back to Earth. OK. OK. All right, hang on. The space, the NASA spacecraft has this arm on it and it's it's like, you know, sucking in wind and dirt and everything else. Well, that's how the aliens get trapped. All of a sudden they, they come over there and they're looking at it. And the spacecraft arm from NASA sucks them into the NASA spacecraft. Mm-hmm. And then it blasts off and heads back to Earth. That's how they get to Earth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they get into the lab. They freak everybody out and they they bust out of there. And so they wind up. Mac gets lost and, and finds Eric and his family. The alien family, sister and mom and dad, mm-hmm. venture out into the desert. And so yeah. there's one part where Mac steps out of Eric's house in California and the alien family's out in the desert. And it's just like, you know, from an American tale, it, it's like, <laughs> it's like their, their call is they start whistling and it's like they hear each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Bo's doing the hands. They put their hands up. Like a V. They, they put yeah. like the, the, the heel of their, their palms mm-hmm. into their hand and they've got, they've got the fingers stretched out to other, either side of their face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're whistling. And it's like an American tale. It's like, you know, somewhere out there beneath the pit, well, yeah. whatever the song. It's like they could hear each other underneath the same big sky. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I call that their E.T. thing. It you know, because E.T. Be. at the very beginning of it, they had the glowy finger. They all, yeah. and their, their hearts glowed and everything. Yeah. This was their version of the E.T. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Except they're whistling through rectum mouths. They're not, they're not, <laughs> yes. they're, their hearts aren't glowing. But, but anyway, to me, it just reminds us, this one of the things I just started, I started laughing at it. I'm like, it, I'm like, they're underneath the same big sky. It's somewhere out there from an American tale. Mm. They're communicating, you know, by walking outside and you're out there somewhere and they can hear each other. They just don't know. Anyway, the original McDonald's Wi-Fi. Oh, McDonald's. (laughs) Well, and and calling it McDonald's Wi-Fi is very appropriate for this movie. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Product placement. We're going to get to that. But a couple of other toys I noticed in Eric's room. I, I saw what I thought was a laser tag playset. They had a GI Joe. I forget the name of the of the plane, but it's like the Blackbird, the SR seventy one Blackbird. Oh wow! And I had that toy as a kid, so I'm just I'm looking around his room. I'm not paying attention to this kid noticing everything <laughs> else with the alien. I'm I'm looking at all of his toys because you know geek. <laughs> but yeah, I, I saw some old toys that I used to have in there, but. Product placement. We, we got to talk about it. This thing, you were not kidding, Kevin. This thing is the biggest McDonald's <laughs> promotional commercial. Well, when 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 Mickey D's and Coke is going to pretty much back this movie, you better make it worth their while. So much Coca Cola. That's what this alien <laughs> lives off of. 
Whenever he's down and out, crack open a Coke, give him a straw and let him suck it in through his mouth flap. You know, (laughs) that's how he gets his nourishment. There's another movie. I don't remember what year it came out, but it's called Evolution. Did you ever ever see the movie Evolution? Yep. So until pretty much Ghostbusters 3, honestly. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. 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 So until Evolution came out, I think Mac and me held the title for the longest commercial ever. Because Mac and Me is essentially just a McDonald's commercial. Yeah. It's just a really long. And Evolution is a head and shoulders commercial. Yep. <laughs> the whole movie is a head and shoulders commercial. <laughs> so it was like up until that point, I think Mac and Me held the crown for like the longest running. Like you didn't really know it was a commercial until they hit it with it, it hit you with it at the end of it. But it, That's how they Mac, suck you in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Mac and Me, like, you know, Brock said, it's got a lot of product placement. But at the very end of it. Well, I'm not, it's not technically the end end, but toward the end of it, you have the McDonald's dance off. Oh, uh, they go to to get some food at McDonald's, and yeah. I'm I'm just sitting here, I'm watching it. No, wait, wait, they're going for a birthday party. Yeah, there's a birthday the, party. Yeah, going yeah. to a birthday yeah. party at McDonald's, and they're all pulling into the parking lot, and this parking lot is full of kids dancing, and I'm yes. like. Who breaks out into a dance in the middle of the McDonald's parking lot? And the dancing didn't end there. They walk in to the McDonald's. They're dancing. Ronald McDonald is in there <laughs> dancing. They got oh, yeah. the legit Ronald McDonald. He's in there having and himself a really a good, good one, too. Yeah, he was. Oh, great. yeah, it was a good one. I th- he, You know, there was a time in the 80s. I, you know, I think they have one Ronald McDonald for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And that Ronald McDonald that was in this movie is the one that I associate as Ronald McDonald from my childhood. It's got to be the same one. Got that, to be. Because he just, it, the way he, the way I could hear him talk and everything, it had to be the same one they used in the commercials for for that period of time in the 80s. Yeah. So, yeah, there's just all kinds of dancing in the McDonald's. And you don't expect it either. No, it's, like, it's out of nowhere. You're like, yeah, surely they're going to go and they're going to, you know, have a table and they'll play in the slide and the, the playpen. No, it's 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 a full on performance. I, hey, <laughs> it's look, like you bought tickets for it. I, to me, I love a good '80s dance off in a movie. Doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> no, no, and for it for it to go on as long as it did. Yeah, it was glorious. Yeah. I I enjoyed it. Can you imagine being the people there just wanting to eat and you know all of a sudden <laughs> turn into this massive dance? You, you don't you don't eat at Dance McDonald's, okay? No, <laughs> yeah. There's nobody. There's nobody sitting down eating. It's like they cleared out the tables and ev- that thing turned into a dance floor. Can you guys park- imagine in the parking when, lot when, in the restaurant when they when they were coming up with ideas for this movie and they sat down and they said we got product placement we want to do some stuff for McDonald's and then you can imagine the McDonald's exec sitting down and going. All right, we need a minimum of like five to seven minutes of solid product placement to put our money behind this film. <laughs> they were like, all right, cool. Yeah, let's just do a dance off at McDonald's. <laughs> and, w- and when they were leaving the McDonald's, when the dance party was wrapping up, when they were leaving and they got back onto the parking lot, there's a huge semi tractor trailer at the back of the parking lot mm-hmm. that's got, you know, the McDonald's logo and stuff like on the on the truck itself. But on the on the trailer was the name of, I guess, the franchise company. Yeah. It's like Global Foods Wholesale or whatever with McDonald's logos on it. It's like they advertised the franchisee in that area. Mm-hmm. That's what it's, so I saw. I'm, I'm guessing that they paid for it along with corporate. I don't know. 
I just, I, that was weird <laughs> to me. It's like, what? Whatever. The, the, just the, the distributor. Yes, the, 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 the big thing is, is do you guys remember how much McDonald's got behind that movie mm-hmm. and the, all the Mac and me toys? Yeah. And, and the, the, they basically, a lot of McDonald's had that as a toy run for ever. Like, you know, they'll, they'll have a certain amount of time, like they'll do a pr- promotion for Pocahontas or something. And they'll have a certain amount of time. They'll push the toys and then they'll stop. But you know, Mac and me, I remember was forever. It's like you would go there and it's like, they still got Mac and me. That's, that's all they have. Yeah. And, uh, since we're talking about the McDonald's scene, uh, something a little interesting piece of trivia I discovered, what supposedly is that Jennifer Aniston is sitting out on the curb watching the break dancers. She's an uncredited extra sitting on Are the you curb. Kidding me? I got to go back I'll and try to catch up. that. Was this yep, before I'll she it up right now? Was she? Was this before she was in Leprechaun? Uh, yeah, this would be probably before Leprechaun. Yeah, Leprechaun was early nineties, I believe. Yeah, this, this was, was eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. Oh, yeah. So yes, Jennifer Aniston supposedly an uncredited extra sitting on the curb watching the Mickey D dancers. So everybody dancing is her friends. Wow. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I also, see a screenshot of it. It's yeah, you can barely see her, but yeah, she's there. Also, also with product placement, you can't forget how his mom worked at Sears. Yes. Oh my goodness. Another eighties. Oh my 80s. goodness. Yeah, it's so I forgot about Sears. I, I remember when they showed the outside of the mall, and I'm like, that's an old Sears sign. That is, man, this is when Sears actually mattered. <laughs> <laughs> and Sears was awesome. Oh, back in my the day, first, they were great. My first job was at Sears. That's right. Was it? <laughs> I remember you telling me that. Everybody, we're, we're intentionally keeping this review light as to not be like the peanut butter solution because no. we actually do want you guys to watch this. Yeah. Not, not unlike that movie. And this there, movie is actually not incredibly bad. There's been probably more of you that have seen Mac and me than the peanut butter solution. <laughs> Can I at least talk about one of my favorite scenes? And that is sure. when Mac gets into little, whatever you want to say, the uh, Power Wheels uh, truck chased <laughs> oh. <laughs> by the neighborhood dogs. And the thing about what I love about it is it's so blatantly obvious. I mean, I understand, you know, on top of it being Mac and me and also, you know, if they're trying to do it. But the fact that the puppet or whatever's in that uh-huh. driving, it's like severe, like it's, I don't know why, but the severe quick turning and just the whiplash the puppet gets. Because I mean, at <laughs> times you see the puppet's head is like almost a complete L. I don't know why that just, that scene owns me just as much as what Brock's probably about to talk about. Well, it, it ties into that scene because he's driving away from these dogs. Yes. And he's going downhill and all of a sudden he runs off the road and flies into a tree. Mm-hmm. And it goes from this action-packed Alan Silvestri score being chased by the dogs. He goes flying into the tree, and then it breaks into the most rip-offish power of, or not power of love, but glory of love from Peter Cetera. It breaks into this 80s, <laughs> you know, he did it all for the glory of love type song. Power I, ballad. The power ballad hit, and he's hanging in the street. I'm like, why does this warrant <laughs> Peter Cetera sounding man? What? <laughs> And in case you want to know, the name of the song is Take Me, I'll Follow You by Bobby Caldwell. All right. Hey, Bobby, you sound like Peter Cetera, and that song is a complete ripoff of Glory of Love. Well, if Mac is the generic E.T., then Bobby Caldwell is the generic Peter Cetera. Mac Mac is Kmart (laughs) E.T. Which I find it funny is, you know, one of the popular uh, memes or things people make fun of, you know, the whole we got McDonald's at home. So apparently McDonald's went for we had, you know, the the E.T. and Peter Cetera at home, I guess, in this movie. Exactly. 
Oh my goodness. What yeah. was what was that really nice comment that someone had made about Commander Data? Oh yeah, we were talking about this earlier. Can you, uh, one of you guys? I'm going to butcher it if I say it. That would be Aaron Knowles. Yes, he said. What was it? Uh, Mac and me is like if Commander Data from Star Trek watched all of the Steven Spielberg movies and then went to the holodeck to try to make a movie of it. <laughs> yeah, that's Mac and me. <laughs> yeah, that's Mac and me. Computer. <laughs> oh, and another. Uh, what was it? Uh, was it Eric? Yeah, it, it was Eric. He's in his wheelchair, flying down the road at one point in a in a chase. And it, we mentioned Alan Silvestri and his Back to the Future that reference. Mm-hmm. Well, Eric grabs hold of the back of the back of the truck and gets pulled in his wheelchair like Marty did on the skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when he's going to school at the beginning of Back to the Future, he, they both grab onto trucks, and there goes Eric. And I'm like, it's it's, it's E.T. Back to the Future yeah. movie. That's all this is. Yeah, they wanted to capitalize on E.T., mm-hmm. but it's like, because, you know, a lot of times you'll get, like, one flick will come out that'll be like a blockbuster, and then you have that 1B flick that comes out that's trying to copy it and kind of ride the wave. That's yeah. what Mac and Me is for E.T. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and here's the thing, too, not to venture too much off the, the movie itself, but, you know, this is what you had in the, 80, in the 80s. You had E.T., extraterrestrial. You have Mac, which is mysterious alien creature. You have ALF, alien life form. So there is this whole build around alien creatures in the 80s that have these, you know, initials and their acronyms yeah. for what this is why we call you this. But anyway. Well, you, and you, you know, in E.T., that was the first time that we were ever exposed to Reese's Pieces. You know, Reese's Pieces were introduced oh, in the movie E.T. Yeah. That was that was the thing that, you know, that he put down to, to get E.T. And then we look at Mac and me and they use Skittles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, what? you have a, a round candy <laughs> that is favored by the alien. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my. So, <laughs> yeah, like I said. Not a movie review, so I'm just going to jump straight to this scene. Yes, yes, do it. <laughs> do it, do it, man. This is the scene of the movie for me. I wish I had recorded you watching this. I so wish I had. The alien family finds Mac. They all get together towards the end of the movie. They find each other. They go into this grocery store, and, you know, people are all looking at this alien, these alien creatures. You know, they can't really communicate or anything like that. And they're all looking at him, so they call security over. So a security guard for a grocery store has a pistol, <laughs> has a handgun. <laughs> you don't see this with security guards today. They normally have, you know, radios and a way to contact. I apologize, but the the actual police who do carry the weapons. Grocery store security guy comes running with a gun pointed at the alien. <laughs> and the alien, it, this is dad alien. This is this is wibble wobble. <laughs> wibble wobble uh, bobblehead. Ace Weed, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's Judge Doom. So he reaches, <laughs> the alien reaches mm-hmm. out, gets the gun, takes the gun away. He's new on Earth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let that sink in. He's new, cannot communicate. Why would he know what a gun is? I'm getting to why I question this. He just, he just takes it out of the guy's hand and just walks out of the store with it. Under his arm, He's got this cardboard box that's just filled up with Coca-Cola two liters. 
he's walking out. <laughs> he and the family are walking out and the police all show up. All right, mm-hmm. you guys stop. You know, like they can understand him. And they keep stressing. They don't understand you. Yeah, no, they don't know what you're saying. Don't shoot them. They don't understand. And I'm I'm wide awake watching this, wondering what's going to happen. <laughs> Dad alien has a gun. And so this police officer, and I learned that there's an original cut after the fact. So anyway, this <laughs> this police officer, apparently in the original cut, ducks behind the trunk of a car and shoots Eric, shoots the kid in the wheelchair, mm-hmm. which starts, they didn't show it in the version I well, saw. Yeah, they're fire. I think Eric was going towards the family, if I'm yeah. not correct. And yeah. so he gets, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Eric, they, they told Eric, stay back, stay mm-hmm. back. You don't know what about these aliens, even though he's been with the, the Mac the entire movie. He knows more than the police do. Mm-hmm. So Eric gets in his, not gets in his wheelchair, but he he's in his wheelchair. <laughs> he takes off. And so that that prompted the uh, policeman. He he like fell over the trunk mm-hmm. and fired, and that's what shot Eric. But you don't see that in I guess in the, in the the newest version. They they took that part out. Yeah, I mean you see Eric's the you know blood come out of his chest. Boom. Mm-hmm. So anyway, policeman from behind the trunk shoots. Dad alien turns around, and this is where I lost it. Turns around. <laughs> And holds his gun out, wobbling, and fires a shot, holding this box of two-liter Cokes. Just, I'm like, how does he know how to operate a gun? He turns around and just points it at the police, shoots, and then all of a sudden, gunfire erupts. And this entire, I guess, were there gas pumps behind it? But this entire store just explodes. The majority of the budget of the movie had to be on this explosion. It was massive. It's explosions everywhere. And you just see the whoa, 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 dad back there away from the gun, like haphazardly, in a shootout with the police. And. <laughs> and he's laughing. He's, he's, just, over- he's doing this, and I wish you could see it on video. He's doing this. Oh, wibble wobble. Fires off. Explosion behind them. The whole alien family is entrapped in a fire. Eric's laying on the ground. They're trying to get him medical attention, and just like Terminators coming out of the fire. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Here comes this alien family, unharmed by this massive explosion and fire. Mm hmm. And they're walking toward him, and it just all I saw was Terminators. You know, and what should be the most tragic, sad part of the movie, the kid laying there dying from a gunshot wound, and Brock is, like, doubled over, (laughs) gut-wrenching, tears, (laughs) tears flowing out of his eyes, laughing. We are going to find this clip and share it on our social media. I was crying so hard, and it was it started by this alien dad. Just he's he hears a gunshot, and he how does he know what to do with the gun? But he turns around, holding those cokes, and his arms like wacky flailing tube man or whatever, and just boom shoots at the police. Gunfire, everything explodes. And again, brought crying from laughter, I'm, not from the tragedy, from the absurd scene this is causing. I could not. I could not hold it in. I had, we had to stop the movie. I was doubled over for a good five minutes laughing at this. I'm like, I hope the kid's okay, but just, you know, blah, 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 boom. But, but, uh, seriously, Which is though, Brock, the, his the laugh- answer to your question is the reason that he knew how to fire a handgun. These are American directors and filmmakers. We assume yeah. everybody knows how to use guns. Oh, 
Yeah, we leads, so the, the, we had to stop the movie for a little bit because his laughter is infectious to me. So yeah. the harder he's laughing, the harder I'm laughing. So the two of us are just in pain from laughter. We had to take a moment. We had to pause and get ourselves back I together lost again. It. I was laughing so hard that I want to rewatch the movie just for that scene, just for everything leading up to it. No, I mean, honestly, that was, if I remember right, the first time I watched it. I was just so confused by that scene. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. What was going on? There's a lot going that, on. I don't. I don't think anyone. I mean, I, I would. I would welcome someone to come into our comments and tell me, did you feel bad in that scene for the kid? No, because I didn't. Because no. you were either doubled over in laughter like Brock because of how stupid it was, or you were like me when I was a kid watching that. I didn't know what was going on. It was like. Yeah, he shot, and then the like. How did the gas station blow up? What the? What, what, I mean, how did he, <laughs> what did he do? There was a lot going on in this did one he, like, scene. Before he went in, before he went into the grocery store, the alien learned how to do explosives, and he set charges at the gas station. <laughs> and then he went in and stole a, a, a rack of two liter cokes, and then came hold on, out hold on. And did a standoff. This is the 80s. This ha- those had to be three liters. Now that I think about That's it. True. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I think you're right because they, they were some big bottles. I, yeah. think, I think they were three liters. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yep. my gosh. Yep. And, and why was the family hooked on Coke? I'll tell you why. A, product placement. B, is because when they did find his family out in this desert cave, which reminded me, I, I told Jess, I'm like, well, is this Back to the Future 3? They're finding the DeLorean in the cave? <laughs> they go down in this cave and all the aliens, you know, they think, oh, you know, oh, they're all dead. Family's dead. How do they resuscitate them? Coke. Coke. And they, from then on out, they had a Coke habit. And that that's what did it. Man, that caffeine, that caffeine charged them up. And they's like, we're going to the store. Got to have more of that Coke. <laughs> and they went into the store and then it just all breaks loose in the gunfire. I I, I blame Coke. Yeah. <laughs> That's what. Now, there's, there's your greatest argument. Best Coke, <laughs> Coke, Coke height shootout, Scarface or Mac and me. Oh my gosh. Uh, Bow, you have killed this podcast. Yeah. You know, I try to add what I can. Mm. That was fantastic. Uh, Say hello to my little can. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> That's great. I wish He's, you guys could see this. Oh my gosh. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Oh. One thing, Kevin, though, I think of anything, I think we've oh given Brock gosh. one of his new favorite movies. That's that's all I can Dude, take away from I it. could not so, hate this movie if I tried. <laughs> it's so bad, but it's so funny. I could I mean, not hate this movie. <gasps> it's the opposite of Peanut Butter Solution, where we were all just like talking about it going, this movie was just horrible. Mac and Me is not horrible. No. It, it, no. it is like every 80s trope that you could ever want. <sighs> and like you said, they put Back to the Future in it. It's got E.T. It's got a little bit of everything. Mm. It, it's just horrible the way they did it. <laughs> it's so it's hilariously bad. Dang it, Bo! But that <laughs> that scene, and then and then what really got me is they've only been 
they've only been on Earth a short amount of time. I figured they would try to get home. Nope. Mm -mm. Guess what happens uh, in the end to the aliens? Uh, oh, there's this. There's a, a judge standing up in front of this massive building, and you see the camera coming towards the front. It's a U.S. naturalization ceremony, yes. and I'm like, okay, where is this going? And then at the very front, there's Mac and mm -hmm. sister and mom and and bobblehead dad. They are all at the front wearing like their Sunday best. Suits and dresses getting sworn in as U.S. citizens. And again, product placement. And what is Mac wearing? A uh, Mac kids shirt. Yeah, he's wearing a Mac kids shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and now, and, and to everyone, that is the beginning of the newest line of Coke executives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but man. How, how, how in that short amount of time? And then the movie ends. Getting into a pink caddy was, with the top down and dad, you know, wah, 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 looking oh, everywhere. He's an excellent driver. Heads going. They take off in the car. They're driving. They've learned every bit of this. <laughs> How? So, so I didn't think. They so, can't speak. Except, so did, except the, you know, whatever. Um, They can speak the alien speak, sir. And they can. And it's the original McDonald's Wi-Fi. It's like what they said. <laughs> So after after they became legal, did he just go downstairs and and get his driver's license all in the same day? Yeah. Yes. Well, I understand though is uh, like you said, it goes from that. But is he not going to have to suffer any kind of repercussions for the explosion and damage of property? No, because no. he's justified in saving the kid's life. That's what. Yeah. Got, that's slate's clean. You, you oh. save the kid's life. You can become a legal citizen. You can now drive a pink Cadillac. Because you saved a kid's life. You know, spontaneous combustion also applies to buildings, though. It could have just spontaneously combusted. It might not have even been that alien that did it. That, that also brings it to, with us all being the older folks, that brings in the idea. I, I know insurance agencies and movies and the world of movies has got to be terrible. I mean... <laughs> are, you, are you telling me... Well, are you telling me an alien shot and then it the building blew up? I can't write that down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand sometimes acts of gods are covered or not, but I don't know, you know, act of extraterrestrial. <laughs> I, I don't know. Man, Guys, just watch the movie. If you, you haven't you have seen to. it, odds are if you're our age, you saw it at some point. You're aware of Bro it. Brock was like the only one who didn't watch yeah. it, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we've got anything else to talk about as far as the movie goes. But I don't. I, outside of just see it. <laughs> I just want to point out that this movie was nominated for four categories at the 89 Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Picture, Worst Screenplay, Worst Director, and there was a category of Worst New Star. Who won the uh, Golden Raspberry Awards in 89 for the Worst New Star? That would be Ronald McDonald. Oh, come on. <laughs> he was in an esteemed category with Don the Horse from Hot to Trot. <laughs> Tammy, Tammy Aaron. Yeah, she was uh, Pippi Longstocking from that Pippi Longstocking movie that came oh, out that year. Don't oh, mess wrong. with Pippi. And he also beat out Jean-Claude Van Damme in Bloodsport. Well, she didn't win, Brock, so it's okay. It's don't put Ronald her McDonald in there. Pippi. Well, Pippi's that lovely. that was the uh, that was a category Ronald McDonald found himself in at the eighty nine. 
Golden Raspberry Awards. Go dance, Ronald. Now, he didn't you. even have a prominent part. I mean, he danced a little bit, but I mean. He, he had like one line and then he danced. Yeah. Now, out of those four categories <laughs> that I mentioned, the only thing it won was Worst New Star. We've talked about that. And it won for Worst Director. It did not win Worst Picture. It was the movie that took home the coveted 89 Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Picture that year was Cocktail. Okay, really? I can see that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. apparently, Cocktail is worse than Mac and Me. I, I beg That's to differ. Damn bad. But both, but both <laughs> movies have good music. You got Kokomo, and then you've got Alan Silvestri with that score. True. Like, um, I guess his royalties ran out from Back to the Future, <laughs> and he had to make that one. Let's wow. see the worst picture. Not okay. So we had Mac and Me. We had Cocktail. We also had Hot to Trot, Caddyshack Two, and Rambo Three. So that was your Golden Ooh. Raspberry Awards mm. for the year of uh, the 89 Golden Raspberry Awards. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I can't believe they rated Cocktail worse than Mac and Me. I'm, I mean, I, can't, I, can't I wasn't very fond of that movie, but Mac and Me was, yeah. that should have been the worst. I agree. And didn't Cocktail have Don't Worry, Be Happy? Yeah. Cocktail had a great, a great soundtrack. soundtrack. Yeah, fantastic. Soundtrack. I mean, the movie wasn't that great, but I mean, it is definitely better than Mac and Me. And um, also, I had also in reading and gaining more of my Mac and Me trivia that I just felt the need to learn <laughs> since I was going to sit through and watch the movie. That apparently that Kim Basinger was offered the role as the mom. You know, obviously, no, she turned that down. I guess because she was just holding out for that coveted spot of my stepmom is an alien. (laughs) That's right. Oh, Kim and Uncle Dan. Oh, my. That's another one of my oddball favorites. I haven't watched it in years, Mm -hmm. but I always. I I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, Oh, here we go. Is that another recommendation? (laughs) It's got Dan Aykroyd and Kim Basinger. But this one's more of a. And Seth Green. And, oh, really uh, grown up too. This is very grown up. There's a lot oh. of very grown up and, jokes in this. Oh, that that reminds me, the redheaded kid that was at the beginning of Mac and Me oh, that yeah. was that was in the car. Well, I can't remember his name, but he Danny was Danny Cooksey. Danny Cooksey. Yeah, he played Sam and Give Me a Break. Mm-hmm. That's where I knew him from. I'm like, oh, is he going to be a star in this movie? No, no, it's no. Just that he was riding no, in the car in that one scene. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on, man. Well, that's about all I've got for Mac and me. I have yeah. nothing else. I will highly recommend mm. this. I'll give this movie five stars just for that blow, just the blow up scene. And yeah. it, it, it's five <laughs> stars, knowing that if you if you go in watching this, don't expect like Steven Spielberg. Okay, guys, no, it's it, it a is rip. it is a very razzy eighties. Mm-hmm. It's going to be silly. So if you just want to have a good laugh at how ridiculous it is, watch it. It's a good. It's, movie. it's a legitimate movie. It so will. bad, it's good. Exactly. It. Yes. it that this movie made me laugh in several spots and several. So I was not expecting to laugh, but no, this movie has rewatchability to it. Bad rewatchability, but it's there. So this, oh. this ends this version of the Bama geeks movie club. <laughs> so, I don't know if we'll do that every episode, but well, as you hear that noise, that means we've got spoilers, spoiler. Because we are going to talk about episodes two and three of Loki. We're going to get caught up on that. So if you have not seen it, don't want to be spoiled, make sure you visit Bama Geeks on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Say hello. Stay in the conversation with us. If you have seen it and want to hang, well, 
you're going to get introduced to uh, how our fair state determines <laughs> the future of the world. Oh, sorry. The future of space and time, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Alabama is the hub. It's the futuristic Dollar General. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is it? What was it? Rock, rocks cart? Rocks cart? Rock smart, I believe. Or rock rock smart. smart. Yeah. Or XX smart or something. Oddly enough, the inside of it looked like a Kmart. It was very, very weird. Like it was an 80s Kmart. And I'm like, this is the, supposed to be the future. So maybe this is a retro version of a store or something. Could be. We'll, we'll see when the year 2050 rolls around if we're all still alive. Yeah. So you guys know my brain and how well it works. So you guys want to start us off at the top of episode two and we'll work through those two episodes and I'll interject what I remember. <laughs> Well, since it was like, well, I think with episode two, they broke down the whole, um, the variant thing with Loki where they saw different versions of himself, like where one where he was like a giant troll looking thing. Mm -hmm. Try and think, because uh, I've watched episode three more recently than two, so I'm trying to go back through it for me. But they've, uh, they Loki and Mobius kind of, he broke down a theory where the, the Loki variant was hiding in various disasters where nobody survived. Mm -hmm. The apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Apoc apocalyptic Apocalypses. events. Uh, like apocalyptic events tied to a certain area. Like they went to Pompeii and he caused kind of a big disruption thinking mm -hmm. to see if it would show like a time variance. Yeah. Well, it didn't. That's where he discovered that. So that falls down into... Uh, also, we need to think, go back. Episode two, um, for anybody who's been in the Southeastern geek culture in forever... There is a very familiar face right off the bat at the top of the episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right the double back. Yeah. Uh, at, the Ren, is, at the Ren Fair. At the Ren Fair. Yes. Yeah. Which is a gentleman. Uh, his character is Ick the Troll, which, I, I mean, he, if you've been to a convention in pretty much the southeast somewhere, you've seen this gentleman. We have seen him many times in many places. Oh, yeah. And that quick shot of him at, at the Ren Fair, I, I, I jumped out of my seat. I'm like, <laughs> oh, it, that's Brian. That's, that's the yep. troll. Yeah. Yeah, Brock had that Leonardo DiCaprio moment yeah. where he raises up off the couch and points, I know him. I, I know him. <laughs> <laughs> Saw him first and, at a Magicon back in 2010 here in Birmingham. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then what was the other the, the other big catch in episode two? Was it the uh, the shot of the inside of the hotel? Yep, the Marriott, the, yes. uh, yep. the infamous elevators and atrium, uh, mm -hmm. atrium of it. Going back to, to Dragon Con, that's the, the Marriott Marquis, downtown Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot, you know, a lot of this is filmed in Georgia, and they they, they yep. create Georgia at the end of every episode because they'd be filming there. So it does, it's not surprising. But what was surprising was what we opened with was here in Alabama, we always say at least there's Mississippi. Yeah. Anytime, <laughs> like we're always like 49th and something, but but you know, but you know, Mississippi's 50th. We always have that. And then we we watch this and we're like. All right. Well, see, you were supposed to hold it in Mississippi if you're going to have a, a natural disaster that changes the course of space and time. It has it's to be Alabama. To, yeah, it's like it's, it's supposed to be Mississippi, but now they decided. You know, the the, the the good folks in Georgia decided that they were going to, you know, that it was going to be Alabama that we had the the big disaster. Well, at and, least to my knowledge, it's not a real town in Alabama. I believe Haven it was, does not well, exist. The, right. The, the way the way that they the way that they justified that was they said it was a corporate town. So in other words, uh, it was a, it was it could have potentially been a town that was created by like Walmart, you know, like the Walmart of the time. Like you know, if Walmart made a town, it'd be like you know they got Bentonville, you know, they could mm -hmm. you know start making their own town. So when that episode was airing, I was actually on Google looking up that name, and there are references to it in Alabama, like a, a Haven Hill Church that are in South Alabama. So they actually did pull that from something. 
Mm, okay. So, so it's, yeah. So, it, it, but it's not, but like you said, Bo, it's not a town. It's nice not research town. there, Kev. Yeah, yeah. I was well. I mean, I saw it in Alabama time. And I was like, "What are they talking about?" It's like yeah. whenever you watch uh, Forrest Gump and they're talking about, "Oh, I'm from Greenbow, yeah. Greenbow, Alabama." And then you're looking no it up and you're like, "Oh, he means he means this," you know, mm-hmm. and you you kind of infer it. Right. But no. there is no Greenbow. You know, there's no Greenbow, Alabama. There's Greensboro, and I'm sure someone probably pronounces it as that sometimes. So yeah. you never know. <laughs> there is a Bayou La Battery, though. Yes, mm-hmm. there is it. So when when they're in the Marriott Marquis. That's when they're doing their research on these apocalyptic events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Poor Mobius just wanted to eat a salad. Yeah. <laughs> and now he has soup. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Loki needs to tell, he needs to explain and tell a story here. So by using all the ingredients that Mobius was trying to have for lunch. And so the poor, <laughs> the poor guy didn't get to eat. Thanks, Loki. So when we actually finally go to Alabama, mm-hmm. to Haven Hill. To the Rock Smart, we actually get to meet what we f- believe is a variant version of mm-hmm. Loki after a protracted scene of um, trying to figure out what her power set is. And we find out that her power set is that she can just touch you and take control of your mind. An enchantment um, type. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it can pass from person to person. She doesn't mm-hmm. actually have to be there to do it. She just does the first one, which is like a super cool power. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we, and then we actually get to see that it's, it is a female, it's a female and, and that actually tied back in. If anybody was really clever at watching some of the paperwork that goes by, there was a point in, I believe, episode one where they actually showed that Loki's gender was fluid, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, which is them saying we've seen female and male versions of Loki. And apparently we have a troll version of Loki and a devil yeah. version of Loki. So, yeah, his gender is definitely very, very fluid. That makes sense, too, because he's a, he's a shapeshifter. So <laughs> so we, we get to the end of episode two. Yeah. Um, you know, she sets off these bombs and sends them off to bomb the timeline. And you see all these schisms happening. And I'm sure, you know, everybody at the TVA are about to, you know, flip out. And you start seeing TVA agents mm-hmm. going into every different time they can to try to fix the issue. Mm-hmm. And then our Loki decides to jump into the to the exit portal with with this other uh you know this 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 new loki that we just met mm-hmm. that we have no idea what she is we just know that she's got a plan and and you know she's going to be doing something but we don't know before they disappear can we just talk about how they <laughs> I think they did a good job of not portraying us in Alabama at least in the year 2050 as too big of hicks but Except then, for the big, but, the, but the, the, the big thug guy. <laughs> then the one, the before she, before she showed herself as herself, here comes Big Bubba, you know, with the camo and the the hat, and I won't get you, you know, like, oh, like come you on, you had to do that. You, had you couldn't to. have done this in Savannah. <laughs> yeah, you had to do it in Alabama. It's like I get it. <laughs> yes, that is here. Yes, I have people in my family like that. <laughs> I think I think I think every person on this podcast can say they have somebody in their family yep. like this. Most oh likely. no, they. <laughs> I'm not Friends, calling anybody. Family, out. yeah. Yes, yeah. So, um, yeah, it just kind of it was like, yeah, man, this is awesome. They're showing they're showing Alabama is pretty neutral, and, and there's, there's Big that Bubba guy. There he is. All right, yeah. that's why they wanted to use Alabama. Okay, yeah, I got you. But that was the only instance. Alabama looked pretty okay outside of being just, you know, one massive turning point in destruction. For mm-hmm. the yeah, that's where we're getting hit by a massive hurricane. What was it? The category 
Did they even say what category it was? I don't know. I, I, I can't remember. Right offhand, I can't remember. They said it was, it was a was an apocalyptic hurricane. Mm-hmm. Or something. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, that must be like a category five, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. five plus. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe there's a different rating system at that point in time. Yeah, we don't. Well, know. you know, there was with 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 tornadoes. There was the Vegeta scale, and then they went to the enhanced Vegeta scale that takes into account damage and wind speed. Now, so maybe in the future they have an enhanced. Whatever they it's use, the HC, I don't know what that's going. It's going to be the HCH, the Holy Crap Hurricane. <laughs> there we go. And where was the gentleman from the Weather Channel? Jim Cantor is probably <laughs> dead by then. <laughs> oh my god, he, he was there. He was one of the old people. Could have been his son or his grandson. That's true. Yeah, spans probably well into retirement uh-huh. in Birmingham. He's like, yeah. I'm touching it. <laughs> he says he's sitting in his chair at home going if this is the way i gotta go this is how i'm gonna go <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we, we lead into episode three yeah which takes us into uh, pretty much directly into her um attacking the tva which is what she said she planned on doing that's what mm-hmm. she wanted to do she needed to make a distraction so that she could get in there and do something with the timekeepers. I don't know if she's going to kill them or get their autograph. I am not sure at this point. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows. We assume that she was going to go and kill them. But it gets derailed by our Loki mm-hmm. after her attack didn't work very well. And they get sent to a planet that was the pretty much according to, we now know her name is Sylvie. According to Sylvie. It was the worst apocalypse they could have went to. Lamentus mm-hmm. One, which yeah. I lo- by the way I love the name of that planet, Lamentus. Mm-hmm. Like I lament. Like who would? Could, could you? Okay, let's just back up a second. Could you imagine in the future going? All right, we have a new mining planet, and we we want able-bodied rich people and people who can work to come here and help us mine out whatever this ore is, and the name of the planet is. Lamentus one <laughs> crickets. Who in their right mind would go to a planet called Lamentus? That had to have been some crazy advertising. I would have gone to Lamentos, you know, the Freshmaker planet. <laughs> Maybe well, that's I mean, yeah, they that, were getting that, from. Well, that also that falls in our category. You know how we all, like even with the, with every great space show where they get every modern civilization's. I want to say grammar structure is on English, you know. So, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. lamentus to us, I mean, could be something else. But I get what you're going there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a very negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a planet. It's like, we discovered this. And then and Maybe the guy's name was Bob Lamentus that he discovered it or something. <laughs> could have been. I, I mean, I, I don't know. But it's just <laughs> like, that, that does not play very well into marketing to get people to come there. I mean, could you imagine if Elon was like, I'm doing SpaceX. We're going to. It may be a one-way trip, but we're going to send you to Lamentus. <laughs> Might as well go to Disney McDoomsville, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. <laughs> so so they get there, and we have this whole, I don't know, I, I'm overgeneralizing it here, but we they, they, they kind of get to know each other yeah. over the course of it. And I want to pass it off to, to Bo to kind of go a little bit further with that one because I think I've spoken enough on it. <laughs> oh, no, it's all good. Like to, like to me on this episode, like the, it was more – like honestly, outside of you know them being on the apocalyptic world, outside of the overall story, nothing really – to me, this is just my interpretation. This is, you know, you take your – nothing really happened 
mm-hmm. interpretation wise, except for, you know, what are they, it's basically what are they going to do to get out of the situation? Yeah. But mm-hmm. overall, like Loki and Sylvie, which I did some kind of research after learning about Sylvie, apparently, I don't know which version of Sylvie they're going to do, but one of the popular Sylvie versions in Marvel is uh, she, when uh, Asgard's moved to Earth. Uh, Loki kind of gives her powers. He's kind of part tied to her giving powers to cause basically mis- mischief or whatever he does best to the uh, Asgardians of, er- of that area. Hmm. Like, but what 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 is her character's name though? That when he gives her powers, Enchantress. Yeah, Enchantress. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. Not from yep. Suicide Squad, mind you. Not no. that version. Yeah. No, this is Marvel <laughs> Enchantress. That's the and that's and that's good. I, as soon as I heard that name, um, in some of the the after spoilerish Easter egg stuff, I was like, that's going to get really confusing because anybody that actually managed to get through all of Suicide Squad and watched the whole movie, you're like, all right, this, uh, I know well, Enchantress that, is that weird witch chick from yeah, Suicide Squad. Immediately, that's where your mind goes to. Mm-hmm. Well, what I've watched a lot of, you know, like I said, with us being in the action figure world, when Marvel has like a figure or something, they want to make sure you know. It's their version of it. They'll have it. It'd be like if they made a figure. Her would be Marvel's Enchantress because I've seen a figure like Marvel's Vulture yes. or Marvel's mm-hmm. blah blah blah. So mm-hmm. that's that's right. their way for brand recognition. Yeah, and yeah. I'd, I'd also kind of heard the you know the theory that she is there's a possibility that some people think that she's a hybrid, you know, between Enchantress and Lady Loki. Well, that's that that would be good because I mean you know that's the cool thing about the some of the the live action versions of it. That's what they are. They're kind of their pull from here and here and here to make that version of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when 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 she mentions that she had kind of a um a relationship with a long distance postman, mm-hmm. who do you think she was talking about? Maybe Kang the Conqueror, uh, Silver Surfer. Mm-hmm. He is the Possibly. messenger. He's the messenger of Galactus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I know what you mean. Oh, man. <laughs> man, you got me thinking now. Oh, crap. Well, that would that would be a, a great way to bring in the uh, Fantastic Four because you know at some point yeah. we're going to see them. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, even though I heard that they were going to possibly take place in the 60s. Uh, guess what? By the way, we could do that now because we've got multiverse. We can do any time yep. we want to anywhere we want to go. They can do anything. So I had that joke with you, you know, when we were talking about, you know, in episode two, how uh, they're hiding in, you know, the various apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And I'd seen that uh, something out on social media where you're showing uh, Sylvie ingrained into the X-Men Dark Phoenix movie poster mm-hmm. so yeah i told you kevin that's how they're going to bring the x-men in that's they found their way <laughs> either that or um um wolverine what was it the uh, his origin story the um the one uh, that was Logan? Like, horrible yeah no not low no the oh, other I was one about to say wolverine no, like, origins. Uh, oh origins just origins. wolverine, yes. origins. wolverine yeah. origins if they really wanted to do it they would do it there sorry i, I had mean, a, i don't know where my brain went for that moment in time up that's okay i couldn't remember the name of it either so um, to be ashamed. Of I don't know if do we, do we want to kind of go through more of the episode. I have a theory. About yeah, the end. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So anybody that's seen it, I have a theory about the end. I've watched this several times now. One of the things I noticed is at the very end, you have that whole scene where you know the planet's blowing up and they're trying to get to the ship, mm-hmm. and then the ship blows up. If you really watch that scene, it looks scripted. It looks like someone's making it up. Like he runs to the corner. And then something falls on them and then he has to move. And then they run into the two security officers and they uh-huh. dispatch it. It's almost like it's a script, like a script. Someone's making it up. And then you get to almost to the point where the ship blows up and the big spire falls. And Loki says, I got it. And he. Yeah. Magics it up to the, but it wasn't Loki powers that did it. It was more of like a glitch in the matrix. 
Yeah. Like it just went back. And then that happens. And then of course it, they freeze. My theory is none of this is real. When she actually touched his neck, she oh, made a connection. And ooh, he's imagining really every single bit of so she's, oh. she's getting to know him. So basically what the way I think when the next episode starts, it's going to be of that, but it's going to, sh- we're going to go back to where she's got her hands mm-hmm. on his That's neck. That's smart. That's really good. I didn't think And that means that the, that the transceiver thing is still yeah, intact. intact. And that actually, if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense because especially yeah. that end scene where there was a lot of chaos, a lot of things to make up. She was having, if she was controlling the reality there, that's a lot to have to process and to do yeah. mm-hmm. and to convince him that it's real. Because, it, I mean, seriously, if you have time, just go back and watch this, that last little portion. It doesn't look real. No. It looks so fake. Like it was uh, done by the director of Mac and Me. It's, it, it, was, <laughs> it looks pretty bad, you know, albeit yeah. with better effects. But it just looks so scripted. It's, also, it's scripted. I never even yeah. took that into any kind of consideration. Yeah. That's it, interesting because being that, you know, in the beginning of that episode, we see how she was able to get into the mind of the of the mm-hmm. of the TVA agent to have that where they're sitting there and they're having the margaritas and they're being, you know, gal pals and chatting. So, yeah. And she's and altering he her. That, she's altered her reality. And he's like, from the time he said, well, it doesn't work on me. I'm, my mind's too powerful. Mm-hmm. From that point on, she's controlling him. Mm-hmm. Also, can we talk about the other big revelation that was made in this episode mm-hmm. about how everyone that works at the TVA are variants? Yes. And they don't know it. Mm-hmm. I think that was the most, the, the biggest and most obvious of all the revelations. That's, that was huge. And you think about it, that means that Mobius was probably pulled from a timeline that was in the nineties because 1992. he has, yeah, because he loves his jet skis. He <laughs> yeah. was probably had a jet ski and that's why he remembers it because that was his anchor point. That's his constant. <laughs> the jet ski is my constant. <laughs> All right, I see you formulating something over there, Brock. What have you got there? Now, I'm actually listening because I'm having to remember everything because my brain is just that good. <laughs> so I'm just listening going, He's still oh, stuck yeah. on Mac and me. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. I'm, I'm stuck back in the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually going, oh, yeah, that did happen in the episode. That did happen. I've got to watch these episodes more than once. I, I really need to because I don't remember. Yeah. There, there's one other possibility, okay? Mm-hmm. And this one's a kind of an obvious one, I think. When they get toward the end and, you know, Loki gets drunk, you know, or Loki gets drunk, oh and, and then he crushes the, the transceiver thing. If what I'm thinking is not right, where she didn't take control of him, he didn't he didn't destroy it. That's not real. That was subterfuge. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. That means he still has it. Mm-hmm. He didn't destroy it. Because the thing is, they got to get off this somehow. Yeah, I mean, but I've the also... only other thing that could potentially fix this would be if the if some TVA agents came through a portal as soon as the next episode starts and they just go back through the portal. There is also speculation that has to do with Loki in possession of a time stone. Oh, like you took one with him really? into the reality. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. But wouldn't it have to be the time stone from that reality, though, for it to work? Did he just like take all the ones in the desk and stick them in his pocket? Do the, do the Infinity Stones have a roaming plan is what you're asking? <laughs> I have seen the Tom Stone theory thrown out there this week since this last episode. I really, honestly. But we know how theories That, that would be cool, but 
I really, I'm kind of stuck on my theory of, of Sylvie and her actually being able to take control of him more than anything because that would show that, that she is as powerful, if not more powerful than the Loki that mm-hmm. we know. Right. And like, and, and it, and it would, us as the audience, it would make us want to know more like, okay, is she really a Loki or is she something bigger than a Loki at this mm-hmm. point? If I had to guess, that's where they're going because if there's one thing that Marvel hasn't done a great job with is keeping really good villains. Like, you know, they like to, at least before Thanos, they would like to kill off villains really fast and then we'd have trouble with like all the heroes and not enough villains and not enough good, good uh, villains. That's, yeah, that's that's superhero movies though in general. Yeah, you know, they always want to do that that complete circle, you know, yeah. rather than something drawn out. So now Marvel seems to be doing the multiverse thing, which if you think about it, guys, we've already talked about this, but this is this will be how they can introduce everything. Oh yeah, everything they Easily. can introduce X Men and keep them on their own timeline. Because if, if this if this is going to end up that you know the multiverse of madness is now literally them trying to figure out all this spaghetti noodle of of multiverses that were created by Sylvie, then you know that's what this is setting us up for. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. I would also just like to point out one of my favorite parts of this episode is when Tom Hiddleston Loki breaks out into song and dance in the Norse language. How awesome was that? And then at the end, another crash. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like his brother. And then it it took me till the second. I don't know why I didn't notice it the first time. I guess I was just transfixed with just how awesome he was in that scene. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize that he had gotten so drunk that he had like got rid of his costume until it was too late mm-hmm. until they came in they were like mm-hmm. where's your ticket and then it was like and, and she notices it immediately because she, she's asleep and she right. wakes up and she's like she's pointing uh, yeah she's a- bro <laughs> where's your uniform <laughs> got my uniform <laughs> i'm pretty sure that somewhere out there if not soon to be out there there should be a a baron zemo dance off and a loki Dance off yes. now, a, yeah. a, comp- a, a dance off competition between the two. <laughs> seems it will happen. Seems like this is we've got to have some type of a dance in these uh, in these new Marvel series with their characters. <laughs> Those are the scenes that go viral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said though, like, so it'd be like a lot of character stuff happened in this show in this in this episode. But to me, like, said so overall, I don't know. Just it's just just me, like, so stuff happened, but it didn't happen. Yeah. You know I mean, it's mostly care. It was more of a character development episode than really overall storyline episode i guess yeah 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 this one this one was very much a two-parter because mm-hmm. i mean just the way they ended it yeah and i, I did want to add jessica that there is already a video out there it's not an official <laughs> one of loki singing and dancing for an hour straight nice <laughs> i could i could said, watch that for an hour and and not get tired of that <laughs> It was beautiful yeah. to hear him oh, singing yeah. in that in in the language was beautiful. I loved it. And also, I want to say I was very proud of his his dagger analogy of with love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that's it was very profound. Even yeah. though, of course, the the lady had to bring him back to reality <laughs> with it. <laughs> I am really, really looking forward to what we get with um, the next episode because that the end of that episode was very, very much a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, obviously. I'm kind of partial. I want my theory to be right because I would love to see Sylvie be incredibly powerful uh, and a force to be reckoned with. Because if she's able to actually trick the Loki, that's that's some Wanda level powers there. You know, that's that's high end. You know, she would be a really good villain, even though I honestly don't think she's a villain. Really, I think she just you know she was hurt at some point or someone's using her. 
to further their own agendas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I've also even heard the topic brought up is, is it possible that old Loki is a timekeeper? Mm. Hey, there's another theory that, um, you know, how they were hinting, Mobius was hinting very, very strongly that, that you know, about the other analyst that she keeps in her pocket. Mm-hmm. There, you know, there's a theory that it's Sylvie. Okay. That, that, that she, if you think about it, the thing is, is as soon as we see some reference to that high school that was referenced on that pen somewhere, that'll tell us who it is. So that, that's, that, that was a key piece of information to remember is the high school that was on that pen that he picked up. If we see that referenced anywhere. Okay. That, that'll give us, that'll give us our tie in. And I, I think that they're, that was a bit of foreshadowing. They're going to, they're going to let us know that here soon. Cause I, I couldn't see them being done with this without letting us know who the other analyst is mm-hmm. and how they were the villain all along turned spy or whatever for whoever. Cause I mean, there's a theory that it's, that it's Kang the Conqueror. There's a theory that Kang the Conqueror may be one of the timekeepers. We don't. Mm. I mean, it just depends on which way they're wanting to go with this, really. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they keep, they keep concentrating really consistently on the one timekeeper, the one in the middle. Mm-hmm. They yeah. always concentrate on his face, yeah. his visage. So they want us to remember what he looks like. So when it hits and we see, oh, oh this is the guy that we got to focus on, either he's going to be the ultimate good guy or the ultimate bad guy of this. Mm-hmm. Well, I know one thing that has tied all these Disney Plus shows together. And that is the love of Hyundai. <laughs> I was wondering if you were. Gonna, <laughs> we, I was wondering if you were going to mention this. We saw a commercial. We were watching. Was it YouTube or something tonight? And no, we were watching. Um, we were no, watching we were- something. But anyway, the commercial popped up, and there is there's Sam and Loki and Wanda all hawking Hyundai in <laughs> their in their respective shows. Yeah, I was like, that's new. Okay, <laughs> I guess Doctor Strange is running a dealership somewhere. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's like like the Star Wars universe. I think there's a Nissan dealership somewhere in the Star Wars because of me. Because of Rogue One. Yeah. Rogue, Rogue yeah. One. Yeah. yeah, they're SUVs. Yep. Well, is that going to do it for Loki? That's all I've uh, I think so. That's all my yeah. takeaways and thoughts and perspectives. Yeah, and I yeah. just wanted to throw my crazy theories out there. I always have crazy theories. You know, I'm kind of known for that. So, well, hey, it gives us something <laughs> yeah. to think about on, well, not long because we release these episodes on Wednesday and that's when Loki is released. So when you hear Kevin's theories, <laughs> you'll, could. you'll probably have your answer. <laughs> and as you remember, if Kevin was right or wrong, the thing is, is, is you're either going to go, that guy is smoking something. Or you're either going to go, ah, ha, ha, that was mm-hmm. a good theory. So either way I win, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> either way, it's funny. Well, is there anything else you guys want to tackle before we say adios? I think we should end it on Hyundai. (laughs) (laughs) No, real quick before we do sign off, I just want to again say thank you to Jamie and Aaron Knowles for delivering Stay Puff Marshmallows this week. It was very nice of her. I made the comment she had found some and I'd made the comment I was still searching. And she said, well, just let me know. And uh, after weeks and weeks of still nothing at our Walmarts, I just said, hey, uh, if you can. You can find me some of them marshmallows. Just go ahead and do so. I'm tired of hunting. So, again, thank you to Jamie and to Aaron for sending us some marshmallows. Yep. And we're going to try to, to to salvage at least one of these Stay Puff marshmallow bags because I saw somebody somewhere had a, a white foam, like kind of a dowel rod, where they cut them up and they look just like marshmallows. 
And so they, oh. they gently cut the back of the bag along the seam, took out the real marshmallows and put the little fake foam ones in there and then wow. gently taped it back oh, up and genius. sealed it. So now you've got a shelf display that will not go bad. So yeah. we're going to try to do that too, to have a, have a Ghostbusters. Oh, that is really display. smart. I like that. So I got to get to eating some marshmallows and making some s'mores and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting have- that, getting that bag ready for foam marshmallows to go inside. We have the Hershey bars in the house already and the graham crackers. Mm -hmm. She is prepared. And I did find a a recipe on how to do s'mores in the air fryer. So we'll see how that turns out. Our favorite kitchen appliance. Yeah, those things are awesome. It's the best. (laughs) Air fryers are are awesome right next to Instant Pots. Instant Pots, I'm convinced, were invented by by witches because it's like witchcraft. Those things you can, (laughs) like something that would have normally taken a a crock pot forever to make. It's like Instant Pots are like instant. I was very happy to get my Instant Pot Christmas of 2019, mm-hmm. and I thought this was the most amazing thing. And then my lovely, sweet, wonderful hubby oh. got my air fryer for me last Christmas, and i um, got to say, I'm actually loving the air fryer just a little bit more than the Instant Pot. I can't top it this year, so <laughs> sorry. It's easier to clean. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, anything else, guys? That's it for me. I say, I say. Okay. Well, next episode, we'll have cooking with Jess. <laughs> <laughs> S'more making. We're just going to sit in here and just listen to the air fryer. Just <laughs> it only takes about All right, guys, minutes. it'll be done in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't thank you enough again for joining us for another episode of Bama Geeks. We have made it through eight episodes, and we hope you're enjoying the journey. We are enjoying being with you and laughing and talking and watching bad movies and watching good TV shows. <laughs> so once again, <laughs> once again, hit us up at Bama Geeks on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Look at Bama Geeks on YouTube, and one day you'll actually see a video of us, we promise, instead of just a still picture and a rehash of the podcast. But thank you so much again, and we will catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye, Bye, everyone.